we have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. A new world order. Child sex trafficking. The deep state is trying to destroy Donald Trump's presidency. Loose the battle plans of heaven. It's all about control. Broadcasting live to the world now. It's the weekend vigilante, Sheila Zielinski. Today's program was made possible by the generous prayer and support of the faithful friends and partners of this ministry. Visit our new website at Sheila.media. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this Friday, November 17th edition. So glad you're tuning into the program today. Thank you very much, and you're in for a treat because I have a fantastic guest on. Where I first heard about him was in Colorado in April. His sister is amazing. That is the one and only Sharon Mulkey. Sharon and Monty Mulkey are the pastors of West Coast Church of Deliverance. Boy, they're such a blessing to this audience, I'll tell you that. And I also met Sharon's brother, Ellis, and I heard about Sharon's other brother, who was a deliverance minister in Hamburg, Germany. And I'm so thrilled to introduce you to him. And before I do that, I want to say, stay tuned at the end of the show. I need your help with a project that I really feel compelled to put together and how you can win very easily a signed copy of my book, Power Prayers Warfare That Works. So Sheila says, stay tuned at the end of the broadcast. Well, I want to bring my guest on today. I'm very excited. It is Pastor Elvis Newhart from the Hamburg Church of Deliverance. Elvis, it is such a pleasure to have you on for the first time and hopefully one of many more to come. Hey, thanks a lot, Sheila. Thank you so very much for having me here tonight. This is great. And uh, yeah, I look forward to uh, what this could turn into as well. Well, Pastor Newhart, because you are new to the show, this is the first time we've heard you. Tell the folks a little bit about your ministry, how you got into deliverance, how you ended up in Germany. Tell us a little something about yourself before we get into this teaching. Right. Well, praise the Lord. Yeah, well, my name's Pastor Elvis Newhart, and I am the pastor of the Hamburg Church of Deliverance all the way over here in Hamburg, Germany. Long story short, in my personal life and my need of deliverance, I started out at the tender age of 19 years old. Uh, You mentioned my sister here earlier. My loving sister sent me a whole box of books, and including my very uh, first copy of my King James Bible. And I pulled out these books, and it was really kind of strange. The first one I pulled out had this big, red, huge demon face on the front of it. And uh, since I was into reading Stephen King and everything, I thought it would be kind of an exciting, scary story. And I didn't know what I was getting into when I opened the book. (laughs) Praise the Lord. I Actually, I sat down with my friends, and we started reading about the testimonies and whatever. It was very interesting, very interesting. I was invited to my uh, very first ever men's workshop, January of 1989. My basically what I consider my anniversary date of deliverance is January 2nd, 1989. And here I was, 19 years old. I walked into Hegwish Baptist Church with uh, a very young, fresh, and spry Monty Mulkey back then. <laughs> yeah, and I tell you what, it was quite an experience. It went there. Uh, I went back to college and finished my final year of college after that. And you know what? When the enemy knows that you're coming on to the truth, he really puts you on a full court press. And I tell you what, everything that the enemy could do in my life, he he like doubled it that year. The following year, I had no idea why I accepted an invitation to go back to a deliverance workshop. I don't know why I said yes, but I did. 
And I love telling this testimony here, too, because this is really one of the base things that happened back then. Uh, you know, Pastor Monty, he wanted to go, he comes in, he goes, oh, let's go and see Wynn. I was deathly afraid of going into Wynn's office because I knew he could see every exact sin that I had been doing in the last year. And there was no way I was going to let him look through me with his x-ray vision and just call me down on the carpet right then. Uh, we walked into his office. Wynn was sitting in his chair. Of course, there were lots of people in his office. And I am, at, even at this point, an absolutely positive nobody. I had been to one workshop. I hadn't even met Wynn, right? Here I am, deathly afraid. And Wynn turns around his chair and he looks at me and he goes, Elvis, I'm so glad you came back. Come here and give me a hug. And that's when Wynn Worley sunk his love hooks into me. And I didn't miss a workshop there for I don't know how long. And that was my, that was my introduction to the deliverance ministry. It was the love that kept me there and wonderful people that I owe an immense debt of gratitude to for all the years where they cared for me, they prayed for me, and, and uh, helped me go through deliverance. My first four years of deliverance was by myself with books and with tapes, and that was my church on Sunday, and my deliverance was getting into the books and just calling stuff out. I'd read something, and I would call it out. And I tell you what, that and good people around the country, I eventually moved to Los Angeles, California. The Lord told me I needed more deliverance. I was at the West Coast Church of Deliverance for quite some time. We'll go forward a little bit. I was invited to, to Germany to do uh, with workshops here. I traveled along, and to make a long story short, the people that were there in Germany said, hey, Elvis, we would really like to establish something here in Germany like you folks have there in America. And those were some of the, the hardest six months of my life before I came over to Germany with what I now understand that God was really putting me through the fire. So that, honestly, my worst day that I've ever had in Germany is no comparison to my worst day that I ever had before I came over here. And I guess that's part of God's training because, you know what, he, like it said about Joseph in the Bible, it says the iron was burned into his soul. I understand that a little bit. And what that has turned into is I have been here in Hamburg, Germany for 21 years. We do salvation, healing, and deliverance. We do it without the hooli and the ghoulie. We do it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the power of his shed blood. And that's it. It's not in the volume. We don't use any tricks, no magic tricks. We're going to talk about that tonight. Praise the Lord. So that's where we are, and here we are today. So, Sheila, thank you for the wonderful opportunity. Wow. Well, thanks for sharing that with the listeners. And if the listeners don't know this, you and I actually recorded a prayer, and I uploaded that to my YouTube channel. We did a prayer regarding Antifa because there was a big uprising and we did that on November 4th. And I wanted to thank you for that because, uh, boy, oh boy, everything in that prayer came true. So that's really exciting. And speaking of exciting, I'm really excited to hand you the mic to do this teaching. We are entitling this today, Sorcery, Bewitchment, and Mind Control. So I'm just going to hand you the mic and you take it away, Elvis. Sheila, we've been through life and everything, and we've seen a magic trick or two bef before, right? You know, we've seen somebody do a magic trick, and the first time that somebody does a magic trick in front of us, we sit there and go, wow, how did that just happen? And we don't understand it, and we're dazed, and we're amazed. And then what happens is that eventually, sometime on down the road, we find out what's behind the magic trick. We find out how it's done, and then the next time when somebody comes and tries to do that to us, we sit there and go, you know what? I've seen that before, and I'm not falling for that one, because your mind is awake. Your mind is ready for that, okay? So that's what we're going to do tonight. 
is we're going to look at that. We're going to expose some of you know how this sorcery, bewitchment, and mind control is done. Because a lot of times people don't know what's going on, and the devil always likes using the same tricks. I remember Win Worley a long time ago uh, preaching and saying, you know what? The devil just keeps playing with the same deck of cards. And what happens is at times, and I want to say this here too, I'm not saying phones are demonic. What I'm saying is, is the principle of making a telephone call is the same today as it was all the way back at the beginning, right? You pick up the phone, a connection is made, you dial some numbers, and you talk. That's how it was back then, right? And that's how it is now. The only difference is it comes in a little bit different packaging. And you see, that's what the devil does too. He uses some of the same old tricks, but what he's done is he's put it in a, in a new packaging, right? Just like sales and marketing. And no, I'm not uh, comparing sales and marketing with Satan, but I've met some of those people. The thing is, is that, you know, with sales and marketing, they have the same product, but they want to keep repackaging it so that it's inter still interesting to you. And Sheila, I really want to thank you for bringing up Antifa. And as you were speaking, one verse came up, and I, I, I've given a whole message on this. Where does this come from? You know, we've seen, ever, ever since President Trump has been elected, and even beforehand, we've seen this collective insanity We've seen this collective, I really don't even know what the word of this is, and I was praying about this, and where the Lord took me on that one was in the book of Romans chapter 1, and this is going to be a little bonus portion tonight, and I just want to go to one, one Bible verse here, and it's in Romans chapter 1, and it talks about them. And it says, even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. And, you know, that's the nice King James polite way to explain all of this, right? And if you go to verse 29, it comes down to this. And here we are. It comes down to this point here. It says, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness. Okay, there's a whole list here, but it gets really interesting when you come to an interesting word here, debate. They're full of debate. And if you look at the translation of that word in the Hebrew, it means strife. So it's like a debate with fighting. And what we're seeing a lot of this here, it's like, well, you know, they're debating things. That's even a, a too nice of a word to use right now at this moment. But they're doing debate with fighting. And I'd really like to challenge our listeners here and just to have them go back and look at it. If you go all the way back to verse 18, okay, and start reading downwards, what you're going to see is like an x-ray picture, is like a picture of what is inside these people and what you find all the usual suspects. You'll find all the key players, and, and you'll see them right in there. We won't go through and read this all now, but I just wanted to bring that in there for people to read because a lot of times people are like, wow, where did these people just start coming out of the woodwork on all of this? Well, let me tell you, they've been here. And see, the thing is, is that they were filled with this. We know how these people have been trained. We know how they've been talked to, even all the way back to the cartoons they were watching 10 years ago and everything else like that. You know, what was being filled into them? What are they programmed? And then at the moment that it was time to do it, they triggered it. Now, we're going to look at that tonight because on the program here is I want to take a look at modern sorcery, bewitchment, and mind control found in the Bible. And you say, wait a minute, Elvis, wait a minute here. Uh, you, know, you just said modern, but we're going back to that old, fundamental, dusty book on the shelf. Well, like I always say, whenever I speak or whatnot, I tell people, I say, you know what, if anybody comes up to you and says, you know what, the Bible's just so boring. Well, if the, if the Bible's boring, you're just reading in the wrong spot. Or find an interesting teacher.
So what I want to do here tonight is I want to start looking at this, and I, we're, we're first going to look at a, an example in, in the New Testament of the Bible here, right? And we're going to look at, and please come with me to Acts chapter 8, and we're going to start in verse 5. All of the sorcery and all of the bewitchment, we're going to look at where some of this comes from. Now, remember, we are talking about events. We're going to be reading events that happened about 2,000 years ago. But what we see is we start seeing similarities in what's going on today. But my hope with this is, is that we look at this and, and our minds wake up where we can go, oh, that's the magic trick they're trying to play on me. And you know what? That's not going to work anymore because you know what? I, I know the card is up your sleeve. I know the rabbit's at the bottom of the hat. What are you trying to sell me, right? Okay. Because you know what? If there's anybody that the devil loves to hoodwink, it's believers. Really? It happens today, and it happened 2,000 years ago. So let's take a peek at it in Acts chapter 8. We'll start in ver verse 5 real quick. There's two places I want to go. But what we see here is that they had just killed Stephen. Saul was, uh, you know, uh, had agreed to his death, and the Christians were being scattered everywhere. And in verse 5, it says, Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria, and he preached Christ unto them. Now, speakers, preachers, group leaders, notice this. We're always told to preach Christ. What does that mean? Thanks for asking, because again, the Bible provides the answer in the following verses. Look at this. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spoke, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. You want a miracle working ministry where you're preaching Christ? Stay tuned. Look at this. What were the miracles which he did? Verse 7, it says, For unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out of many that were possessed with them. Wow, praise the Lord. You know that's happening right now as we speak. Right now as we speak, there's a workshop going on. Okay, what happened 2,000 years ago in the name of Jesus as they were preaching Christ, right? Unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, have come out of many that were possessed with them. And many taken with palsies, and they that were lame were healed. Okay, notice what preaching Christ is salvation, healing, and deliverance. There's probably been a hundred speakers before me say it. I hope a hundred speakers after me say it. But you know what? Here is your picture of a balanced ministry. A lot of times I go, oh, you talk about deliverance. You're unbalanced. No. Here, here are the things. Salvation, healing, and deliverance. And look in verse 8. And there was great joy in that city. You need joy to come to your city? We look at it nowadays. We're like, well, bring joy to our city? Well, you know what? H how about we start with you? How about we start with the individual, and there was great joy in that city in coming to Christ and getting your healing and getting your deliverance. Now, this is all great. This sounds really good. And in verse 9, it starts with that infamous word in the Bible, but, you know, everything's going great, but there was a certain man called Simon which before time in the same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that himself was some great one. Boy, Sheila, I'm sure glad that that only happened 2,000 years ago. No, we see it happening today too, too, don't we, right? They used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that himself was some great one, to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest. Everybody. Every layer of that social strata, right? Okay? From the least to the greatest, saying, this man is the great power of God. Wow. This man is, is the great power of God. And to him, they had regard because that of a long time, he had bewitched them with their sorceries. Look at that. In just a few verses, they repeat that again. They really want us to live. For a long time, he bewitched them with sorceries. Now, notice what the people were saying about him, okay? What, what's the presentation that he wanted to do, right? He didn't have the people convinced that he was the butcher, the baker, or the candlestick maker, did he? 
boy, that guy, Simon, he's the best plumber in town, isn't he? No, 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 no. He was using the sorcery and bewitchment, okay, to where everyone said from the least to the greatest that this man is the great power of God. I want to say this. There was something in him to where he used bewitchment and sorcery to completely twist and turn the perception of everyone from the least to the greatest. And the power of God. Why the power of God? We've seen this throughout history. The, the same card that was played thousands of years ago is the same one being played today. Because you know what? When, when you're the power of God to people, then the money comes. And when that's not enough, you have the control. And when that's not enough, you have the power over those people. So do you see why, they, they, why he was using this? Sorcery and bewitchment to give a perception out there that he was the great one. He was the anointed one. Okay. Now, sorcery is when you use objects, right? There's another one with, with, with bewitchments. You know that there are spoken curses. We know that there are also curses that come through objects or using things. Like the latest one that was there, you know, the little Harry Potter staff. Well, when you use that and speak out your, speak out your little words, that's sorcery, folks. Okay? Now on everybody's bookshelf for several generations, right? But the, also what's there, too is that there is a, uh, what, what I call a, a demonic charisma or a demonic charismatic function here too, right? Okay, because there are the gifts of God. Praise the Lord. There are the gifts of God, but the devil is always a copycat. So he wants to get his stuff in there, right? I can imagine he was doing, you know, interesting magic tricks. He, he had to do something to get, you know, have everybody calling him the great power of God. So anyway, but let's go on, right? But when they believe Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God, by the way, people, when I cast out spirits in the name of Jesus with my finger, then the kingdom of God has come unto you, right? When Philip was out there preaching salvation and healing and deliverance, you know, that started breaking off. And the name of Jesus Christ, and they were baptized, both men and women. Verse 13, I want to make sure a point here. Then Simon himself believed also, and he was even baptized. And he continued with Philip, and he, and he wondered, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Wow, there was this great sorcerer. Uh, he got saved. He's going around, and he, he just thought those miracles and signs were so great. And then he saw the one where, where Peter and John came, and they laid their hands on people and they received the Holy Ghost. And in verse 18, it says, And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money. Where did he get that trick? You know, I, I think that was still inside of him from what he did previously because, you know, those magic tricks he was using before, they didn't come free either. And in verse 19, saying, Give me also this power that on whoever I lay hands that he may receive the Holy Ghost too. I'm willing to pay for that. Here's some money. I want to learn that magic trick. But Peter, Peter basically... Peter says, no, you can't have it. Your money perish with you because you thought that the gift of God can be purchased with money. Right? And then later in verse 23, he really looked, looked into Simon's soul and said, for I perceive that you are in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. Jealousy and envy, right? The gall of bitterness because it's like, wait a minute. Wait a minute, why is everybody going over to you? I want to learn this laying on the hands things too because then people will love me. But you see, one thing that this really shows us, and this is something to look at, is that, you know, Simon, it's, the Bible says by, Simon believed. Okay, so we believe that Simon believed, but he was still in need of serious deliverance, right? You know, when, when you get saved, when you ask Christ into your heart, you know, not, not everything is taken care of. Even though there are some that like to talk about that, here is an example where, yes, Simon was saved, Simon was even baptized, right? 
but those old things still came up inside of him. Now, the main part is, if we can, let's go back to this part where Simon, he was using sorcery and bewitchments on the people of Samaria, giving out that himself was some great one. Well, I want to look at this, and what we're going to do... And yes, that happens today. You do some research and you find out that in 2012, our former president signed a bill into law that says that the State Department and the government are allowed to use the media to lie to us. Yeah, it's a law, 2012, written in there by our former president before the last election so that they can propagandize you. And it's really interesting. Why do they want to do that? I can't. I won't get too far off into the uh, too far off into, into that area. But why they do it is because once you insert something into somebody's mind, it's relatively easy to get it in there, and it's very difficult to get it back out. I just did a whole two-hour program on this. You know, they slip that information in there, right? And it's so hard to get out. That's why so many marketing firms. That's why so many stuff. They want to be the first one to get you there. They want to be the first one there to get that information in. Because once that settles into the mind, it's very difficult to get out. Now, what I want to do is I want to look at, again, um, praise the Lord for the Word of God. Because, you know, all these new modern tricks, even though the devil has wrapped this up in new and modern packaging, right? God exposed this all the way at the beginning of the Bible with another great story. And this is where I want to go tonight. We're going to finish up with this story. But what this does is it exposes the magic trick. It exposes what they do. It is such a perfect picture of manipulation and control. And I think it's so great. You know, they, they all think they're so wise. They think they think they developed all this stuff at these universities, right? I, I just read a study, you know, it's scientifically proved that prayer helps healing. Well, I'm so happy science has proved that. We can believe it now, right? They've scientifically proved that bitterness and jealousy have a negative effect on your health. Okay, well, thank you for the scientific study. Okay, the Bible already talks about that. But what I want to look to is if you'll go with me to Joshua chapter 9 right now, we're going to look at a section of the Bible. And this is where the enemy, where the masters of the art of deception pulled a head game on one of the greatest leaders in the Bible. And that was Joshua. So in Joshua chapter 9, verse 2, it starts off, Joshua and them, they, they had crossed the river. They had this incredible victory at Jericho. They had a setback at the city of Ai because they ran forward and didn't listen to God, right? They ran forward, didn't listen to God. But when they got right with God again, God gave them, he spoke with them and gave them detailed instructions how to handle things. Before they even crossed the river, the basic message was, you're to go across this river and wipe everybody out, wipe out the inhabitants of the land, and don't make any agreements with any of them. They all have to go. But you see what happened was, and so they went to Ai, and then after Ai, that all these kings, they gathered themselves together to fight with Joshua and to fight with Israel, and they were all going to come together. And in verse 3, it talks about when the inhabitants of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done to Jericho and Ai, they looked over and go, he just destroyed them. In verse 4, it said they, they did work wily. When's the last time we've used that in a sentence, right? They did work wily, tricky, deceitful, and went and made as if they had been ambassadors. Now, I read that too fast, and this is, what, this is what we do with the Bible a lot of times. We read too fast. It says, and made as if they had been ambassadors. And they took old sacks upon their asses and wine bottles, old rent, and they bound up, and old shoes and clotted upon their feet and old garments upon them, and all the bread of their provision was dry and moldy. People, they're totally misrepresenting themselves, but they're dressing the part. They're appealing to the eyes right now. Their entire presence is a lie, 
Okay? This is where we'd say today it's like they're wolves in sheep's clothing. And we start rejoicing because look at all the sheep that have just, just shown up. But they, they made as if they had been ambassadors. Whoops, is this the part where I say, and they made as if that person got elected? Well, we'll go on. They are totally misrepresenting themselves. Now, verse 6, And they went to Joshua under the camp at Gilgal and said unto him, And to the men of Israel, we become from a far country. Now, therefore, make ye a league with us. Do you see how fast they did that? Okay, we've got the appearance thing, so they're going to look at us. And when you look at something, your brain starts measuring things up. Notice they didn't come dressed with all their armor on or their or, or their clothes or shiny clothes or even looking like government officials. They came as if they had been ambassadors, you know, with everything old. And you see, they came in right away. They said, well, we're from a far country, right? Right away. Here's where they start assaulting their ears, coming in through the ear gate now. Now, therefore, make ye a league with us. And they hit them with what's called the quick pitch right there. Now, notice that line there and how many times it's repeated in the following verses. We're from a far country. Now, therefore, make a league with us. And the men of Israel said unto the Hivites, Peradventure you dwell among us, and how shall we make a league with you? And they said unto Joshua, We are thy servants. Okay? Now, there's a major deception going on here. And I I love it how how God exposes this because it really helps us to wake up. You see, what happened is, is, you know, when you have these people that look, you know, beat up and hungry and they walk in and they said, we're from a far country, right? And then, then the next line that comes out and says, it says, we are thy servants. Now, when somebody says that, that they're your servant, right, it's non-threatening and it took the brains of the Israelites out of the fear and fight mode. Should we fight them? Should we flee them? Ah, you're just servants. Okay, you're not a threat. And the minds of the hearts opened up and the deception goes a level deeper. Now watch this, folks. Watch how it's repeated. Notice how fast they came up. We are thy servants, but the first thing they do, they did was make a demand on Joshua. Now, do it now. Now, therefore, make a league with us. You see, I want to point that out here because one of the things on hypnosis, some of the major parts of hypnosis and everything is to hypnotize a person, what they do is they do a shock to the nervous system. They come and hit the person on the head or, you know, they, pu- they push the person over or, you know, you've seen these magic shows on television or, or seen it somewhere sometime in your life where they say something, you know, abracadabra or whatever, but they do something. But what it does is you notice it goes with an instant shock to the nervous system. And now to go even more, it goes with a, a loss of balance, a loss of equilibrium, because when you do that, when that shock to the nervous system comes or when that shock frame comes now, therefore, what it does, what your brain automatically tries to do is to get back to normal, get back to, to, to finding a foundation. The, the brain goes, oh, I'm just going to do whatever I can. Have you ever started to stumble or, or have you ever started to almost fall? And the only thing you thought at that very moment was, you know, what was either catching yourself or off balance. You notice how every other thought in the world just left your mind? There you go. It's like it clears the table so that they can reset it for you. And like I mentioned before, they came in a form, they came in as actors. Remember, it's all a lie. They came in as actors that would guarantee that they would get into the camp. Now, as ambassadors or true people that were passing on through, there were kindness and hospitality rules given by God to the Israelites. Do you remember those verses where it talks about that? It says, and when a stranger comes into your camp, you be nice to him, you, you be kind to him, because remember, you were a stranger at one time too, so, you know, treat him with kindness and let him come in. 
And there were rules that the Israelites would follow, and these charlatan snakes used this against them. Can the enemy use your kindness and your good heart against you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Boy. Let's go on for the sake of time. Let's really go on. And Joshua said unto them, now notice, this is the next part we're going to go, we're getting into. They've done the eye game. They've done the ear game, the brain game. You know, they've done the complete head game. And then Joshua said unto them, right? The leader said, who are you and from where, did, where do you come? Excellent question, right? Who are you and, and from where do you come? And they said unto him, from a very far country. Okay, very far country. Does that rhyme with Mozambique? Does that rhyme with Argentina? A very far country. And notice they follow that right up with the words. Notice the words, people. From a very far country, thy servants are come. We're from far away and we're no threat. And we're come because of the name of the Lord thy God, for we have heard the fame of him and all that he did in Egypt. Boy, people, flattery will get you everywhere, won't it? And all that he did to the two kings of the Amorites that were beyond Jordan, to Sihon, king of Heshbon, and to Og, king of Bashan, which was at Ashtaroth. Now, at this point here, with the awake mind, you're like, wait a minute, these people really seem to be informed about everything we, everywhere we've been, everything we, we've done, and they come on with a lot of flattery here, right? And here's the part at the end of, at the end of the last verse in verse 11 it says we are your servants therefore now make you a league with us there it is again you notice they did it again they're really pushing that one kind of hard aren't they right number 1 they if you go through that section there they didn't answer the question did they they totally turned the question around and went to flattery you're so great you're so beautiful oh no no let's not worry about that now sweetheart right they didn't answer the question who are you and where and from where do you come right? And hit them with flattery. And point number two, what they did answer was a lie, right? And point number three, I want to point out here again, and they hit them again with the demand for action now. We got to do it now. There's the tearing down of that natural, of that natural supernatural head that the Lord has put around our minds, you know, put around our hearts and our body. And let's go to, and let's go to the next part here. This will be really interesting here. In verse 12, this our bread we took hot for our provision out of our houses. Here, here, Sheila, here, hold the bread. Hold the bread, Sheila. Just hold it in your hands right now, right? Hold, hold it, right? It came out of our houses on the day that we came forth to go unto you. But now, behold, it's, it's dry and it's moldy. Look, look how dry it is. Feel it with your hands. All right, smell it. Can you smell the mold? Verse 13, and these bottles of wine which we filled, they were new. And behold, now they're all rent, and, and these are garments, and our shoes are become old by reason of the very long journey, right? And the men took of their victuals, here it comes, and asked not counsel at the mouth of the Lord. That's trouble. You see, if you just look at all the scientific evidence, you don't have to ask counsel at the mouth of the Lord, right? I mean, look, at they were looking at all the scientific evidence, and it was right there in front of their eyes. I mean, they had stuff you could feel and touch. Look at it. You can feel it. You can touch it. You can look at it. And 99% of all serious bakers agreed that the bread was old and moldy. And 99% of all serious bottle makers could see that the bottles were old and rent and full of holes. It was true. And people, here's one of the biggest tricks right here. You know this. I know this because we can read it. It was all a lie. Has this ever happened where, you know, they've 
presented evidence to us as truth and it's actually all a lie? Should I in, insert a code word here? Weapons of mass destruction, right? Go back to all this. 9-11, go back to, go back to all these things. Would they actually come to us with actual positive scientific evidence? You know, 99% of all serious scientists agree. Right. And all of that that they put before us as the truth and as scientific evidence, you know, you don't need to pray. You don't need to ask the Lord about it. You don't need to do that. Look at here's the moldy bread. And you know what? It was all a lie. Their appearance was a lie. Their story was a lie. And all of their proof was a lie. Now, I'm from Montana, so I, and I have the benefit, hindsight benefit of 2020, so not saying I'm any better, but, you know, being from Montana, there's one question that comes up. Did anyone ever care to check out the animals to see how long it looked as, as they had been on the road? Did anybody lift a hoof? You know? you know, nobody looked at the animals. We don't see this other stuff going on. We look at all of this here. Right, but one thing we don't do not consider is these people. They had their own religion too. What do you think everybody at, at, was doing at their house while the ambassadors were out there? We miss the spiritual side, the sorcery, the bewitchment. They were praying to their gods too. Okay, they were praying to their gods too. They were casting their curses, and you had the masters of deception out there doing this. And like I said, the hearts and the minds are open. All of the scientific evidence has been examined. And let's go to verse 15 now. What happens next? And Joshua made peace with them. You know, for those of us that read the Bible, this is the part where, where we bump our head on the desk. We go, oh, Joshua, oh, 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 no, no, no. But you notice there's that one part back there, too. They did all that without counseling the Lord. Do you see how it distracts the mind, gets the mind away from God and looking at these things and praying? You know, nobody prayed. You notice how, and Joshua made peace with them. Yeah, they did it right now, didn't they? Joshua, again, 2020 hindsight, didn't say, you know what? Tell you what, why don't you guys just sit down, grab something to eat, take a rest, you know, give, give us a day to pray about it. Give us a little time to go out and, you know, have our scouts just look around a little bit. Verse 15, and Joshua made peace with them and made a league with them and let them live. And the princes of the congregation swore unto them. People, this head game that they were doing here, it wasn't, this, this all doesn't fall on Joshua's shoulders. It was all those people too. And what happened? And it came to pass at the end of three days after they had made a league with them that they heard that they were their neighbors and they dwelt among them. Oh, and by the way, these fearful, hungry little people, now their cities were Gibeon and Shafira and Beirath and Kirjath Jerum, right? And by the way, we're going to find out later, you know, when you keep reading on in the Bible, they were royal cities, big ones, mighty cities. And you know what? They saved themselves and they defeated, they defeated the Israelites without throwing one spear and without shooting one arrow. And they used their sorcery and their bewitchment and their lies on them. That's how powerful it can be, folks. There's another point I want to make out too. In verse 18, and the children of Israel smote them not because the princes of the congregation had sworn unto them by the Lord God of Israel. That's why they were pushing for it so fast. We're far away. Let's make a, let's make a league now. Because they knew, the charlatan snakes knew that if you make an agreement with us, you fear your God so much that you won't break your agreement. And neener, neener will be among you and you can't break your agreement. Wow. I mean, the people got angry, too, and the, and the princes had to say, you know what, we can't do this because we made a vow. You know, we have sworn unto them by the Lord God of Israel. Now, therefore, we may not touch them. And the demons laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed. And they said, we sure got them, didn't we? Now, the consequences of this is that these people, the Gibeonites, they were among Israel, the Israelites, for over 500 years, over 500 years before Saul tries to wipe them out. Saul tried to wipe them out. It didn't work. David ended up dealing with them. You know, God's hand came down on them. 
Lord told him it was the Gibeonites. And you know what? And the only solution was human sacrifice, and seven of Saul's relatives were burned alive for that. Boy, I read stories like this, and really, in somewhere in the background, you can just hear the enemy laughing. And you know what? That trick worked back then, so the enemy goes, you know what? Why don't we repackage it and try working it today? And it comes in many, many, many forms. Like I said, so praise the Lord. I want to stop there. That's where I want to stop with that. I know we went through that kind of quick, a lot of stuff. Uh, Go ahead, Sheila. Wow, that was really good information. I think we're just scratching the surface, Elvis. And, you know, I kind of wonder if people really fully understand what's going on here when it comes to layer upon layer of this, the head games, the mind games, the trickery, the deception, the deep layers of mind control, the trance that it puts people in, spiritual layers, at this, the implications of this. So we're going to get into some deliverance, and this is going to be really powerful. Elvis, if you would, please. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, that's great. Well, Father in heaven, in Jesus' name, we just come to you, Father. And right now, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Father, we just break the spirit of hypnosis in Jesus' name, Lord. All the hypnosis, Lord, all the secret keys, the secret words, or whatever they've used to trick us, Lord, to do the head game on us. We just command all the spirits that have come in through the eyes, through the ears, Lord, through the understanding, all the spirits that they've went and tried to work on our hearts, Father, in Jesus' name. And we command all of that out now in in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we rebuke that. We command the minds to wake up. We break off all mind caps. We break off all bands, bindings, chains, snares, and fetters that have been laid upon us and laid upon our minds now in Jesus' name. Through any, Lord, anywhere where the demons or their servants have worked wildly in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you must manifest and go in Jesus' name. We break that off. All the lies, Lord, deceived by a lie, deceived by by sorcery and bewitchments in Jesus' name, whether they want you to believe that they're they're your leader, they're your God, all this now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We break off all uh, worship of man through sorceries and bewitchments in Jesus' mighty name, and we command that to go in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. All spirits of deception and betrayal and all the wounds of betrayal when you found out three days later what the truth really was, just like Joshua did. All the wounds of betrayal, Father, in Jesus' name. Being spiritually betrayed. Lord, mentally betrayed. Being betrayed in a relationship. Come out now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come out now in Jesus' name. All the lies that we have been made, Lord, we cancel all the lies that we have been made to believe that were true in Jesus' name. We call that out of the mind, the will, the emotions, and the heart now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you must go. Father, in Jesus' name, we ask that you wash our minds. Lord, wash our minds with the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we pray, Lord, for a restoration of discernment, Father, your discernment in Jesus' name for everything. Let's go now, in Jesus' name, always running ahead, always running ahead and ending up in a mistake in Jesus' name. Everything out now in Jesus' name, all that mind control, silver mind control, anything of mind control, sales and marketing mind control in Jesus' name. 
Jesus' name, Lord. Anything that's used, Lord, to, to manipulate the people in, in a decision, in an action, Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, and we loose a spirit of awake and alert in Jesus' name. And Father, we also ask that by your Holy Spirit, Lord, we ask humbly that you would continually remind us what you spoke to us about in Jesus' name, Lord. Lord, clear instructions were given to Joshua in them, but somehow it just it just seemed to be that they kept forgetting them, Lord. Lord, we do the same things. So we commend all demonic forgetfulness, all forgetfulness because we're under pressure, all forgetfulness because we're under stress, all forgetfulness because we're under fear in Jesus' name and fear of death and fear of dying. We rebuke that and we command that out of our hearts and out of our minds now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We just rebuke that in Jesus' mighty name, Lord. Father in heaven, in Jesus' name, we also rebuke, renounce, and break any agreements, any pacts, Lord, in the real world, in the spiritual world. We break all, all psychic soul ties, psychic emotional ties, or any psychic bondage, Lord, that we have made with any charismatic, any demonic charismatic snakes, Lord, or anybody like these Gibeonites in Jesus' name, Lord. Lord, any contracts or agreements that we have entered in spiritually or naturally, Father, we break that in Jesus' name when it was, when it was done in a wrong way, Father. In Jesus' name, Lord, we break that, and we just break that off our souls. And Father, yes, of course, in Jesus' name, that this also applies to anybody out there that thinks or is deceived into thinking that they've sold their soul to the, to the devil. The Gibeonite, number one, has lied to you, and we break that in Jesus' name. You have not sold your soul to the devil, and we break that in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we cancel all demonic contracts against us in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray for this. We ask that a spirit of truth go before us, Lord. We pray for restored discernment, Father, in Jesus' name. And we ask you, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, just to protect us from this. We loose the Holy Spirit to wash out these areas with the blood of Jesus now. We ask that these areas be filled with the Holy Spirit as they grow back. And we loose angels along the border of our deliverance in Jesus' name to help us hold our deliverance and to stand watch for us. In Jesus' mighty name, Lord, amen and amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Elvis. That was really incredibly powerful. Boy, I'm just going to listen to that prayer a few times because I know we all could use that. We just get stuff that comes in layer upon layer through the course of our life. And wow, just so powerful. I know personally, I'm going to go back through that. I know in the beginning, you talked a little bit about the Hamburg Church of Deliverance, but give out your email and your website for the folks, please, so they can get in contact with you. Right. Well, excellent. Well, hey, you know what? One of the easiest ways to contact me is my email address is elvishcd at aol.com. Right, and that's one word: Elvis HCD at AOL.com. We have a website that we're rebuilding. We're getting a, a brand new shiny one. Will be coming soon. But we can go to HCOFD.de. That's Hamburg Church of Deliverance. It's HCOFD.de, and the .de is for Germany. Right. Uh, some uh, we still have some good, great prayers on there. Prayers for your work that, that that can help you out. Prayers to help you start off your day and get through your day. And so we really hope you enjoy that too. Excellent. Well, you certainly have a gifting similarly to your sister, Sharon. Boy, you guys really teach incredible information. I'm really looking forward to having you back on the program if you would come back and, and see us real soon. Thank you so much for being here today. Yes, I look forward to that. It was really great being here today and uh, lots of great topics. And like I always like to say, there is so much more and I hope to share what I can with you. Folks, 
That was Elvis Newhart. You can get a hold of him over there at hcofd.de, Hamburg Church of Deliverance. And do shoot him an email. Let him know you heard him on the show. I want to just let my listeners know, if you have a guest idea, shoot me an email and, and let me know. I can't possibly have the time to look at YouTube videos and different teachings and can't possibly keep up on all of it. But if you have an idea for a guest, make sure you shoot me an email and let me know. Sheila.media, you can find all my contact information. And I thank you again for getting behind my Patreon account. I want to encourage folks financially support this ministry, ensure that I can continue my work advancing the kingdom, equipping the saints, commit to any amount per month. All amounts matter. So don't be listening today thinking, oh, what is my little $5 going to do? Every single amount matters. And I thank you very much for that. And for people that donate $25 or more a month, they're going to get backstage privileges. Essentially, they're going to get interviews that the general public are not going to get. So that's a bit of an incentive, too. There is going to be really powerful shows that only my Patreon members have access to. So I want to really encourage people, if you can do $25 a month, if you can commit to that, I'm asking you to go do that right now. We have not reached our goal yet, but I'm very confident that we are going to do that together. Again, a lot of people did not know about my Patreon account, I'm reminding people that this program is only possible by the faithful support of my listeners. Okay, well, as you know, in the beginning, I asked you to listen to the end of the program. Um, I've really been just really feeling compelled to do a documentary. It's a little mini video that I do. You've seen, of course, Disney Deception. And I'm also sure you've seen a video called Exposed Hollywood Occult, Satanic Rituals and Dark Secrets of Freemasonry. That is very important. I've linked it there in the description. And although I did it back in the summer, it is, in fact, it might even be more relevant uh, right now than it was when it came out. Again, that's Exposed Hollywood Occult, Satanic Rituals and Dark Secrets of Freemasonry. So what I'm doing is I'm doing another project. I'm trying to mull it around in my mind. And so actually going to ask you guys, I want to kind of do this project with my audience. If you've seen a powerful article or something that relates to, and here's really what God has put on my heart, AI, so artificial intelligence, you know, even ex-Google executives registering the first church of AI with the IRS. Can you believe that? You know, even The Verge, I was just looking at an article this year, Colonel's trying to hack the human brain. You know, neuroscience is making leaps and bounds, and it's very frightening. So I want to weave transhumanism, AI. I want to kind of do a little documentary, sort of like I did with the Disney deception. Again, if you see any newspaper articles, YouTube video, or something of yours, I'll actually acknowledge you and thank you on air. And I'm going to be giving some free books out to Power Prayers to anybody that sends this stuff into me, because I'm I mean, I'm only one person. I can't possibly keep up on all the articles out there about, again, the coming 5G, the rolling that out, the coming global brain, transhumanism, AI, or maybe you've seen it somebody that's already done this. I have no clue. But look for something that's really good. And I'm trying to take a whole lot of information and compile it into a very powerful document, little mini doc. Like I said, there's a whole world out there that doesn't have a clue about this. A lot of Christians have no clue about what's going on. Pray that I really capture 
capture here what I feel on my heart to focus on. And again, I think this is just the biggest thing ever. The fact that they are registering the first church of AI with the IRS. And you know what's even more disturbing? When you go to Sheila.media and you go up on my headlines at Sheila.media, which also funnels back into my end time news on Weekend Vigilante. Well, interesting. There's an article on there called Artificial Intelligence replacing human beings and becoming a new form of life. So again, I started working on this project, got a big drawing board. I'm kind of putting some thoughts together to get this incredible little mini documentary. I think it's so important to paint a picture of what's going on. So again, I just thank everyone that's going to shoot me articles, headlines, anything around, again, this artificial intelligence, the very sinister, nefarious piece of this. I mean, these guys are even talking about just in a few years away, implanting memories, implanting brain chips. Is a brain chip the mark of the beast? I absolutely believe that, that a brain implant in the frontal lobe will be the mark of the beast. A chip in the hand, a chip in the frontal lobe, the prefrontal cortex. And folks, I'm not talking about just an RFID chip. Uh, I'm talking about some really sinister coming technology. I'm not, repeat, I'm not talking about the little rice size RFID chip that's in all your clothes and your, you know, your backpacks and your wallets and bank cards. I'm not talking about that. Again, I'm looking forward to you shooting me headlines. Maybe you've already seen a video on this. Maybe you've watched a YouTube on something on this topic that covers the rise of the AI god. Anything that fits into this theme of Mark of the Beast technology, the coming global brain, 5G, artificial intelligence, how this all ties in together. Boy, we're going at warp speed to some very frightening realities here in the near future. So again, I'm really looking forward to you sending me your information. Just go to Sheila.media. Again, my contact information is there. And I also have a very special guest next week, so it's going to be a surprise. Have a fantastic, blessed weekend. We'll see you soon. God bless.